Hello and welcome to episode 251 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. We have two grade two chases, the Denman and the Game Spirit, plus the competitive Betfair Hurdle. They all feature on Saturday's race card at Newbury. Unfortunately, we've lost the Kingmaker's Novices chase at Warwick. That was due to take place on Saturday afternoon. That's been abandoned due to a waterlogged track. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of the Newbury Racing action, plus Wally Pyra looks to Monday's special meeting in Hong Kong. So we look forward to the weekend, but there's not a lot of weekend. Warwick's already been called off on Friday morning. Utoxit is off as well. That's been called off on Friday morning for Saturday too. So uh, we've got Newbury to look forward to. And uh, Bill, the weather's going to be horrendous. The ground's going to be terrible, isn't it? What's it going to be like there? You're not far away from Newbury. Is it going to be really, really heavy? The forecast of the actual weather's okay once we get through to, to Saturday. It's going to be kind of a, they're calling it a foggy start. Um and a, and a cloudy Saturday is what they're describing, um, the actual weather. So I don't think it's going to be that much rain on Saturday, but it's it's, it's more of a question of the damage has already been done. Now, they've had, they're reporting on Friday morning, so this is when we're doing this, they've had 44.2 millimetres of rain since Tuesday. Wow. That's wet. Um, they had 17.9 mils uh, overnight from 5 p.m. through to kind of 8 a.m. on on Friday morning when we're recording. Um We've got a really good young clerk of the course, uh, George Hill, and yeah, it's an, a nightmare kind of first bet for a hurdle day for him. He's calling the ground heavy, soft in places. I think you're going to be struggling to find the soft bits. I think it's going to be heavy all round. He's calling it 60-40 in favour of heavy ground, but um, I'd, I'd be a buyer at 60, as they say. Um, I think it will be hard, hard work. The going stick, uh, for those that know readings, it was 4.0 on the hurdle track yesterday morning thursday morning at 6 30 a.m um so if you do the math shove 20 mils on top of that you're in the threes you are you are welly boot stuff i mean it's going to be really hard work um and then to make it worse you're going to get around 20 hours 16 hours of dry which just makes it really holding hard hard work so so all in all i think the meeting will be on i think it'll go ahead i don't think it'll be a great spectacle it's going to be really hard work and um from a punting point of view it's one of those things yeah it'll 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 be a a tough watch uh and you want to tread carefully on the punting front but but pick a few that are tough and handle bad ground now last weekend we spoke about the the dublin racing festival and uh (laughs) Monopoly, really, of great horses from Willie Mullins' yard. And he went and won all of the grade one races throughout Saturday and Sunday. We said at the time, you said in particular, that he wasn't healthy for racing. How unhealthy is him winning all grade ones? You know, no one else had a chance. Even Gordon Elliott didn't have some really good horses. He was nowhere near winning anything. Yeah, I think you know, he won all eight grade ones, didn't he? And And, and there were a few... Um, hard watches, you know, the, the, the back to file Gaelic warrior two runner grade one was a pretty yeah. moderate affair. And I suppose the only plus is that, is that, um, Leperstown's loss is going to be Cheltenham's gain because, you know, some of the Cheltenham clashes now look, um, look on and, 
you know, we, it's it, it's not all uh, negative. Um, some of the races that looked like the door was firmly shut are now reopened, primarily races like the Arkle, which yeah. people thought was going to be a kind of waltz for Murray Nationale. He's, he, he disappointed, so that opened up that one. But look, it, it's it's where we are, particularly in Irish racing, with a, with a dominance of one trainer. Um, there was a piece in the post early in the week um, when Mr. Scargill wrote... Um, uh, saying that Willie Mullins isn't a genius, yeah, and I saw that. you know, yeah. you know, which I, I think that that went. I look forward to. He's going to be careful when he treads into Ireland now. Um, Tony <laughs> Mullins wasn't too happy about it. He tweeted something quite quite nasty about the uh, the author. I think. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a difficult one because he has an embarrassment of riches, but the reality is is that he is a brilliant trainer and he's he's taken himself to this level and yeah. other people haven't been able to match it. You know, he hasn't won the Euro millions himself. He's gone out there and got the owners and got the horses and, and got mm-hmm. the success. You know, hats off to him. <laughs> it's very good. It's for the rest of the industry to raise their game. Um, it's very easy for us all to sit here and point fingers and say, oh, it's boring, boring, boring. It's not healthy. You know, we, we're all guilty of that. But actually, as an industry, the, the opposition have got to pull the fingers out and get the horses and get the get the owners and go and challenge them and then make it make it more of a kind of level playing field. I mean, we're going to talk about the Betfair hurdle shortly. And guess what? Willie Mullins has got got an unexposed, <laughs> warm favourite for that. So, look, it's, it's, it's one of those things. He's a very good trainer with the best horses and you know there's a there's a simple stat and i'm going to butcher it because i don't know the numbers off the top of my head but i remember people saying that i think willie mullins have had something like i think there were 48 horses rated 160 or higher over fences uh, 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 in national hunt and i think he had 38 of the 48 or something along those lines and it just tells you he he, he holds all the, all the trains in the train set are held by him yeah. And that's just something that the rest of the industry has got to wake up and, and redress the balance. We said he won all the grade ones. Can we just mention one race he didn't win, which was a listed race, Handicap Chase, Madara won it. And, and great for Sophie Leach to, to send the horse over there and get James Reevely to come over to ride it as well, to win that race. The kudos that she's going to get from that and, and just taking on the Irish in their own backyard, fair play to her for doing that. Really, really well done to her. Hats off! And actually, I, I think more more English trainers should probably go and target some of the handicaps. To be honest, um, we we know that the, the domestic team have a good good success in the handicaps at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, you know, and we find it easier to compete compete there. I'm surprised that more don't um, don't go over there and, and and give it a go. But you know, hats off for her to finding that opportunity. And um, yeah. I think everyone should 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 take a leaf out of her book. Yeah, just have a go. You never know, do you? You could win. Her horse was favourite and it won. So well done to her and the team for doing that. Now, in uh, Wednesday's uh, City AM, the punter page on the, the, the website and in print, you had a couple of uh, pointers for Cheltenham and the festival. You, you mentioned that the Dublin Racing Festival has opened up a couple of races your favourite uh, Captain Guinness, I think he he ran, didn't he? Even though you were hoping he'd go to Cheltenham Fresh, what what are your thoughts? You you've gone for him uh, in the the Champion Chase on uh, the the Wednesday at the Cheltenham Festival. 
We've been previewing for the last three or four weeks. We've been doing um, Grosvenor Sport, been sponsoring that column. It's kind of like a road to Cheltenham, just anti-post horses we're, we're, we're picking out. And, um, you know, we've, we'll have we probably, maybe next week we'll go through the, the list to date, but they include horses like JPR1 in the Arkle. But this week I, I added a couple from the Dublin Racing Festival um, who I like. The first one was Captain Guinness. Uh, which probably seems a bit of a strange one, considering he's well and truly put in his place um, in 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 his his kind of champion chase prep um, behind El Fabiolo, who's got a proper grip. He's, he's got three or four hooves on the on that trophy already. Probably he's he's, he's probably got it um, in the bag. But there was something I liked about Captain Guinness. I've, I've mentioned him a few weeks back now, anyway. But yeah. he is a horse who has never really ever handled Lepos down. And I thought he really caught the eye. He was given a quiet ride, crept into the race, wasn't hard, wasn't knocked about. Bear in mind, he was pulled up at the track over Christmas with a kind of medical abnormality. Um, it was nice to see him back in one piece and running his, his kind of usual race. Now, a lot of people, without looking into it, will say, oh, Captain Giddes, he's, he's a bit long in the tooth. He's been there, done it, uh, hasn't been able to um, get the job done in the past. And, you know, he's been to Cheltenham so many times and hasn't, hasn't won. Why not if you're putting him up? Um, but there was something about Captain Guinness I really liked first time up this season where he seemed to jump and travel better than ever. And admittedly, the, the, the blip over Christmas wasn't ideal. But... Henry de Bromhead has won two champion chases and obviously most recently he put the kettle on in, in 21, I think it was. But when Special Chiara won in 2017, uh, he was he was similar in that he was the same age, he was he was 10. He looked to have had his best years behind him and he suddenly suddenly clicked and surprise, surprise, he beat a hot pot, I think it was Duvan, a hot pot of Mullins is who was unbeaten and he beat him and there's just something about uh Captain Guinness that makes me feel that he's going to run an absolute cracker in the in the champion chase on the Wednesday at the festival he was 25 to 1 early in the week there's still 20 to 1 out there the 25 to 1 has dried up I just felt it's a really good each way bet particularly the non-runner no bet at around 25 to 1 so if something went wrong you didn't get there you get your money back but um I can't see I can't really see a field bigger than seven or maybe eight, so you're going to get the extra place now anyway by 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 taking that big price. And I just think that Rachel will ride him cold, 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 creep into the race. Don't forget he was second in the race to uh, last year um, behind an Erkamin. Look, if he's second or third to the to the to the favourite, then we're going to make money anyway. But I just think he's actually got a chance. Um, so he was he was the first one I went for. Um, the other one I went for was a bit a bit stranger to be honest, but. Um, Sometimes you just got to back your own feeling. And I was really taken with um, Dancing City, who was the outsider of the Mullins Quartet in the Nathaniel Lacey, the Stayers, and, uh, Stayers Group Grade 1 hurdle that opened the, the Dublin Racing Festival. Yeah. Um, it was his first step up to two miles, six and a half. He was, I thought he'd be a good field really well. Um, I, I, I quite strongly fancied Jatara in that. Um, and <laughs> there was a strong word for um, the stables, uh, Kickingstown horse favourite, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. There was a strong word for that. Lots of people are touting that one for the kind of um, Bering Bingham or the old Ballymore, as it was. Um, and he put them to bed, and the further he went, the f you know, the, 
the, the more dominant a display it was. And, you know, Daly Mullins afterwards, afterwards was waxing lyrical about how he's got a lovely attitude, keeps running to the line, keeps, 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 you know, the further he went, the better he was. I can't see any logical reason why they drop him back in trip from two mile six. I think he's a certainty to go to the Albert Bartlett. And, you know, when, when the quotes were coming out, I, mean, I assumed he'd just take favoritism and, that he's 12 to one and he's still 12 to one at the time of us talking now. Um, and I just felt that was a really rock solid bet because I think he'd be half that price on the day. And as long as he handles Cheltenham and he continues to regress, I think um, he is more than likely to cap a very good day for the owners because they've also, um, uh, the Donnellys will also have probably already won the triumph hurdle by then on the <laughs> Friday. Um, and they'll probably have something rated 135 in the county hurdle that should be 160. So they might have won the first three or four, four races <laughs> of the festival that day. So I just thought he was a horse to keep on side at 12s. Predator's Gold was the Jiggins Town Predator's horse. Gold, that was the one, yeah. The one Mullen, and Jatara finished third. There, there was, it was pretty close, so I was watching the race. It was the first of a treble for Danny Mullins, of course, on the day. <laughs> um, I was watching the race live, and they, a few other chances until about two hours, and then Dancing City just came. At well, Stamina kicked one. in. Yeah, yeah, stamina kicked yeah. in. Um, but I just thought, yeah, I, I think people are putting it down as a bit of a fluke. Um I don't think you win grade ones that easily no, no. As, as a fluke. And there were enough good horses in there to, to give the, yeah. the form a bit of strength and depth. Exactly. Okay, so there's a bit of anti-post action for the festival. It's only about four weeks away now. It's not very far away. Finally, we're getting round to it. Always a brilliant spectacle, of course, and fantastic races for us to look forward to. We're going to look forward to Newbury then on Saturday in the hope that everything goes well there, the rain's not too bad and it's not too heavy, but not probably not going to look great watching it. We're going to hear from Nikki Henderson, who had a press media day via Zoom during the week. I was on that. I had a word with him to ask a couple of questions. We'll talk about Shishkin and the uh, Ibirico Lord in particular in the podcast. But we'll start off with the 130 at Newbury, which is a three-miler, just a nice short race to get us going on the handicap hurdle front. At the moment, we've got 12. With the weather, we don't know how many will decide on the day that it's just not for them, but we'll see how it goes on. We've got the likes of Kintara for Mel Rowley going in this one, Young Butler for Harry Derham, who's done so well with his horses so far. He spent a bit of money as well at the sales the other day, didn't he? He bought one of those uh, dispersal horses. Uh, this horse has won two in a row now at Kempton and indeed over course and distance as well. Emmy Tom's in the race for Alan King. G.A. Henty's in there as well. And the Equinus is in there too. So at the moment, how do you feel that the 130 is going to go on Saturday? Yeah, it's 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 just the first of four races we're, we're, we're going to cover today. Um, like you say, 12 runners, in bottomless kind of newbie ground, um, three miles plus over hurdles. It's going to take some getting. And, you know, the one that's shortened up, which was the one I kind of had my eye on all week, I was hoping it was going to be a double-figure price like it was a few days ago, uh, was Kintara. Um, the regular followers of this podcast will know that we put up and was a painful um, loser for us at Warwick um, back in January when... Um, a much bigger price when we put it up and was backed into favoritism in that um, per temps race and had the race in the bag a couple of lengths clear at the last 
stumbled and and had to short run him, pick himself off the canvas, and then ran all the way, nearly got back up to beat Jeffois, um, but was just three quarters of a length down on the line. Um, all this horse does is stay. Um, since he's left, um, Kim Bailey and gone to Mel Rowley, just improved and improved and you know, was was this trip and on heavy ground at Aintree, uh, where he was so impressive the previous start. Um, admittedly, off a mark of 118, is 10 pounds higher now, um, but and four pounds higher than Warwick. But just handles Brad down, relentless galloper, um, seems to be on the upgrade. You'd imagine the mark of 128 is probably still on the low side. There's still improvement to come. Um, looking across the board, you know, there's still five to one generally out there. I think he's rock solid. Of of the leading ones at the top, he's the one I'd I'd, I'd play um, because I just think he'll he'll run his race. Um, young Butler's respected on a hat trick. The old boy Emerton, I can you can make a case out for him. I can see the case with G A Henty down the bottom. Uh, the skeleton horse just got ten stone five, very lightly raced. Um, unexposed um, kind of ran okay behind Zane Knight's last time just got touched off at, at market race and will probably relish the step up in trip uh, but would he relish this much for a step up and trip on really bad ground potentially but you know he's he's, he's battling out for near favoritism already so you have to kind of question the value there I, I definitely want to be with Kintara of those top four I've just mentioned so um, Kintara the main the main selection there Um for a small each way in the race, because all these firms are offering four places, um, proper Hail Mary stuff. Um, I'm going to go for the complete outsider on the blind side. I think 40 to one is a really decent price. You're probably going to get 50 tomorrow when you wake up on Saturday morning. Um, and look on the blind side, we might know our fate with a, within the first 150 meters or 200 meters because he was appalling last time. But Plumpton ran no sort of race, was niggled and pushed for the entire first circuit. Um, it was just a pretty ugly performance behind transmission. Um, but it previously shown that there's still a bit of fire for this 12-year-old in the belly at Sandown in December when he was third to Operation Ma- uh, Manor. Um, goes on heavy ground, stays really well. The attraction behind him is his Newbury form. He goes really well at Newbury. Um, he one at Newbury last March. So, you know, this time of year, give or take 11 months, um, uh, 12 months or so, whatever it is. Um, he is, he won off that, that day off a mark of one, three, seven on th- over this trip on soft ground. And he's dropped back down to that mark of one, three, seven. Now this is a better race, but he stays handles bad ground and he's just priced, uh, at, as if he's completely gone and he might well be gone on the back of his last run, but you only have to go one more previous run to say that he's there. Um, look, he's got 12 stone, James Bowen riding. Um, if I'm honest, I'd have loved Nicky to have put someone, a kid on him to take a bit of weight off. Um, but there might be a reason he doesn't. He might need the strong handling because he's never had a kid on him in his entire career other than the one time uh, he was pulled up at Warwick last last January. So maybe he just doesn't go a yard for, for kids. Um, but James Bowen knows him, gets on with him. Um, I just thought he was a really big price. And, 
yeah, I, I, I'll play Kintara as the main selection, um, kind of two points to win, and I definitely have half a point each way. And on the blind side, at forty or fifty to one, just the five of them turn up at two o five for the three mile Betfair Denman Chase, one of the great twos of the day. Before we hear Bill's thoughts on the small field, let's hear from Nicky Henderson. As I say, he had a media press day. On Zoom during the week, and we got to speak to Nikki about Shiskin, who's going to be an odds-on favourite for this race. And he was asked, first of all, do you think those days of Ascot and the horrendous refusal that he did on that occasion back in November, are those days now long gone? I don't say I can see no problems. I can always, you know, you're always going to have it in the back of your mind that he can do it. Um, he was very good at Kempton, um, or what would be quite a tricky start for him, in that it's going away from the stables and yeah. away from the paddock. Um, he was good there. You know, it, it'd be nice to get a, another run under his belt. As you know, that Kempton was his first run of the season, and that's yeah. what made it a pretty strong performance, win, lose, or draw. I mean, we could have—he might well have won. I hope to think he might have well have won. Um, but whatever it was, it was a very good run for a first run of the season because I was worried about having not had the Ascot race under our belt. You know, he would need another run if he's going to run in the Gold Cup, which is what we're yeah. hoping to be able to do. What was Nico saying after the, the King George? Did he feel that he still had enough in the locker to win the race because he was leading and the horse didn't fall? He didn't really unsee. It was it was a stumble, a very unfortunate stumble, which is very rare happening in, in races like that. So, what was Nico's thoughts after the race? Nico, from what he told me, he felt he would have won. Um, obviously, he didn't see the unfolding of the race after the last fence, uh, as we did. I mean, the Irish horse came with a right old rattle um, down the outside. Um, to be honest with you, I mean, it looked if he was pretty comfortable, Shishkin, at the time. Um, he hadn't had to ask him for anything, and he was galloping merrily away. It was a very unfortunate incident. We've all poured over time and time again to see what he did. Um, there are lots of, <laughs> not surprising, lots of solutions, but I think we know what he did, which is just bad luck. I think he hit mm. the inside of his off four with his near four, and it did create a splint on that, which was very, very sore for a good week afterwards. Even he gave it a mighty whack. And I should think when he hit it, like you and I would, when he hit it, he just took the leg away. And consequently, if the leg isn't there, well, you've got nothing to land on. So he sort of tripped over the next stride. That's our solution. But it doesn't really matter what happened. It happened. And on Saturday, is that the ideal race for him? Because... He's eight pounds clear, isn't he? Even with the with the penalty, it's a small field. Is this the ideal prep going into a, a Grade Two ahead of the festival? I think it's pretty ideal. In that Newbury's a lovely track for them. You couldn't be better. I mean, both this and the Game Spirit, we've all used it time and time again as our Cheltenham trial. And yeah, it's a good track. It's left-handed, it's fair, it's, the start's going to be important. It is going away from home, I'm well aware. Um, but we'll take all the precautions we can. 
and if Protector out runs, he's probably guaranteed a good gallop. I mean, it'd be handy just to get a nice lead, I suppose. He's very happy leading. I mean, he didn't mind. Nick was very happy to let him go on in the King George there because, you know, he felt the race needed keeping honest. Now he's happy in front. Yeah, so Nicky Henderson talking about Shiskin, that he can go from the front, but he hopes Protectorat will take them along. Shiskin in the race, of course, having unseated in the King George, very unlucky, stumbling when in the lead. Taking on Protectorat, who was uh, very disappointing at Haydock, ran a lot better at Cheltenham when he came back, and then ran second at Lingfield behind Lomplessa in the, the race in January. I think Dan Skelton thought he was back, but is this going to be enough for Protectorat, who uh, is going to have got level weights with Shiskin and his £8 inferior to him and the official uh, BHA handicapper? Hitman's got £20-odd pounds to, to give away and only gets six on the weights. He's had a wind-up for Paul Nichols, Hitman Harry Copton on board, and uh, Sam Brown's in the race for Anthony Honeyball, and does he know and the big outsider for Kim Bailey, whose horse is still out of form. So it doesn't matter how they run Shiskin Bill. He can go from the front if he has to, as he did in the King George, or he can sit behind Protectorat. Is the ground going to be any sort of concern at all to Nicky when he turns up on Saturday? Um, Friday morning, he's been on, on Nick Luck's podcast and come out and said that the horse will run because um, he's desperate to get a run into him. Um, so supposedly he's going to turn up. There's only the five runners. Uh, you don't really need to have a bet in this race. There's nothing that kind of screams out as a as a real strong uh, betting opportunity. Um, Shiskin, back to his best, or anywhere near his best, will eat the slot for breakfast. Um, but you are being asked to take four to seven about a horse who's got form figures of RU, which is great if it's a number plate it's not so good if you're if you're a racehorse and um you know that's that's just the, that's that's the truth and, and it's a horse who is finding ways of not not delivering at the moment whether it's refusing or or stumbling um is just a, a little bit unlucky and you know if you if you're if you're brave enough to take the four to seven you got to stand there and watch him take a few turns at the start and, and, and go um i think that flips over i think he, he showed no signs of that at kempton and there was a definite opportunity for him to do it if he wanted to do it but mm. it definitely niggles for me um if you had to have a bet in the race, the bet is probably Protector out of five to two. Um, just because he's straightforward, he'll go out in front, never actually run at Newbury, but the track should be perfect for him. The ground should be perfect for him. He should get into a rhythm. He was better at Newbury last time, uh, Lingfield last time he traded at heavy odds on favourite against Long Press, had him in trouble, but just class got the better of him that day and probably will do the same today with, with, with Shiskin. Um, there's a fair bit of money around for Sam Brown, who we had a bit of success with in the, in the veterans race um, recently, the old 12-year-old. And there's, it depends on whether you can get the 25s. And I think 25s has dried, dried up. There's still some 22s around, but he's shortening up because he's just a bit of value if, if Shiskin doesn't go with him or makes, a, makes an error. He could, you know, there's still two places to kind of um, fill and he handles bad ground. But he's a 12-year-old and he's got, He's got a lot to find on, on ratings. He's you know he's he's you know stone behind Protectorat, um, and 
you know, stone and a half behind Shiskin. So they've got two big horses to underperform to to give him to let him have his day. Look, if you could get twenty to one plus, you've got to bet maybe for a bit of fun. But yeah, I, I think the, the 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 bet if I had to have a bet would be Protectorat. Um, but it's a race that personally I'll sit out. And yeah, maybe it's even best to back in something for, for the Gold Cup. If Shiskin wins, he's going to be shorter for the Gold Cup. Of course, they don't know if he's going to stay the Gold Cup at uh, the festival. But uh, I suppose you get a, a decent price in advance if if he does turn up and puts in a great performance. I think the thing is, is that as as I found last year, is trying to back English horses for anti anti post for for Cheltenham races is is a tricky one because. It, in amongst the Irish demolition, you, you think you're hoovering up a bit of value and, and, and then they're freely available at bigger prices on the day because yeah. um, everyone can only see them heading in, 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 the, in the, the one direction to, mm. um, to Team Mullins or whatever. And, you know, at the time of recording, you know, Gallop and Deshaun's 10 to 11. He, he'll, he'll probably be around that. You know, Shiskin's, you know, I think you can get 10s, Shiskin. If he was to win impressively, what would he be? Seven? Yeah. Six. Probably. You know, it's kind of, you know, and if he was to completely bomb out, he might not even go. So um, he's still up against it. You know, it'd it, it still be a big ask to, to go and lower the colours of um, Gallup and Deshaun. That, that's the worry with him, anti-post. Yeah, and by the Friday, if the Irish have won everything during the week, like you say, the price will just drift in the, the wrong direction. Okay, 240 then, two miles, half a furlong, Betfair Exchange, Game Spirit Chase, the other grade two on the card. Another small field here, six runners. I can't have Edward Stone. I know you like him more than me. I just I just can't have him at the moment. I just don't think he's the Edward Stone that we were waxing lyrical about a season or two seasons ago. Anyway, he's likely to be the favourite for this. Had a Boot Hill, who seems to run his best races at Ascot. He hasn't actually won in a couple of starts at Newbury, so I wouldn't be having him either. Editor of the Sheet, is he really good enough to win this? He's got uh, weight to give around as well. He's a 10-year-old for Gary Moore. We've got uh, Venetia's got Funambula Sivilla in the race, Amarillo Skies in there, and Calico's in there. For, for Dan Skelton, who was not once in Doncaster in, in March. This is an impossible race for me to have a bet in. Did you uh, find anything? I, I know you like Edward Stone more than me, so I guess you, you might go with him. But I don't know. What did you think about it? I was interested in your analysis because there's going to be no winner because you can't <laughs> have Edward Stone. But no, he'll have I don't know. Something could um, happen as well <laughs> yeah. on the way around. I don't no, know. Yeah, no, no finishers, according to Chris Barnett. Um, yeah, it's... it's um, it's trappy because you've hit the nail on the head. You've got horses with question marks and all of them have question marks. Every single one of them. Everstone is the horse he was. Boot Hill is away from Ascot. Edward Sajit ran a shocker last time. Funabal Sova doesn't look like the horse he was. Amarillo Sky we haven't seen since 1984. And Calico you've got who's just a tear away who falls in a hole. And it's kind of something's got to win. Mm. And, you know, my my interpretation of this race when I went through it was exactly like you've just said you, you look to oppose the front ones and then you go full circle and think okay who's actually gonna 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 beat him and you know Boot Hill does have a question mark over him and he's pretty short for a horse that you know fell last time and is away from his beloved track um I could kind of see Editor Jeet and that was probably where I was heading to towards um 
at the beginning of the week. Where he's got first-time pieces in, but every drop of rain isn't ideal. They don't want really bad ground for this horse. He's not necessarily a slogger. I really fancied him when he was fourth to Global Citizen a couple of years ago in the Grand Annual. And, and you know, of that, that mark, he should have eaten them for breakfast. But, you know, and he stayed on really late. But, you know, I don't know if he wants really bad ground. Um, but I can see I can see the case for him. Um you know he's rated the same as 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 Eberstone now, and I don't know. With I I know what you're saying about Eberstone, but the one thing I I, I have to say about Eberstone is that um, at the back end of of last year, particularly at the Champion Chase, he wasn't the Eberstone that we knew of, the one that won at Sandown um, and won the Tingle Creek. Um, but the two runs at the beginning of this season behind Chambon, um were better. And particularly the heavy ground run at Sandown in the Dingle Creek <laughs> was a bit better. He, you know, he 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 actually knuckled down and ran all the way to the line. Um, they were trying something different last time at Kempton. It didn't really work because I don't think he stays two miles four um, properly. Um, so they wanted to kind of revert back. Um, he, he's got to go and prove he can win a race like this. Um, he would be my choice. On default, it wouldn't be a strong fancy because there are question marks over him. But he's he's not that much shorter than than Boot Hill, and I'd I'd have him in that matchup. Um, Ed Zajit, I could kind of see the argument there, but the bigger prices have dried up, and he's you know nine to two in a place now. Um, and Funabala Savoda's won this race a couple of times, got great form around here, but was woeful the last couple of times and should have won off a really in handicap company last time. I couldn't get it done. So yeah. I think Eberstone will win it. I think his his class will pull him through, um, and I think we'll see him we'll see him back to not his best, but he doesn't have to come back to his best to win this race. But I think he I think he should take some beating. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I can't believe I'm going, but I think it's it's a default race, isn't it? It's just the best horse of those that we're going to see is going to be Edwardstone. He's going to have to win this in pretty decent style just to sort of come back to anything. That he used to be, and he was so exciting as, as when he was younger. Anyway, that's, weren't we all? Now we've got a competitive race, obviously at three fifteen, just over two miles. The Betfair Hurdle. It's a Premier Handicap. Big feel for this one. We'll talk about the mess that is a Castle de Mott. Not his fault. Not Willie's fault again. But uh, goodness me. He's got in here off a, a weight, which we'll talk about in the double green colours of Simon Neer and Isaac Swade, with Danny Mullins on board for Willie on Saturday at Newbury. Uh, we spoke to Nicky Henderson in the week, as we said, and spoke about uh, some of his horses in this race. He's got, he's got a good handful in this race. We spoke to him about a couple of them. Here's my little chat with Nicky Henderson. He won so well at, at Cheltenham over the extended two miles there. But Ascot, he stopped pretty quickly after the last. Was there any any concerns? Are you worried about anything that came to light in that, or was it just a, was he just really tired on the day? It was it was a slightly shorter trip, wasn't it as well? Yeah, but I, I mean I cannot explain it. It was it was it was nice that Lucia got ahead in front, but his performance was shocking because you know one imagines he was the best. He had the best chance really. Um, and I think we all thought that, so it was very, very disappointing. But nothing has come to light. His work's been very good. 
everything's checking out well. Um, there's nothing to do but just go again. Um, if there's nothing to mend, you can't mend it. And as I say, I just it's 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 bizarre because if you take under control, she was in her last previous run to Doncaster the other day was in the Jerry Field and at Newbury, and not that you could see very much on the day. If you remember, there was very very moderate. Mm. Um, visibility. Now, at the second last, she looked at absolute certainty. And yet, within two strides, she was virtually pulled up. Again, yeah. we found nothing. Did come back and finish a race very nicely at Donkston the other day. She didn't win, but the good thing was she finished the race very strong, which sort of, in our minds, eliminates the Newbury experience. So, I'm looking forward to her running. Right, Nicky Henderson, Iberico Lord, we started off. He didn't know what happened at Ascot when the horse just fell in a hole and uh, didn't stay to the line at all, was almost pulled up, as indeed he said was under control, who uh, fell in a hole at Newbury two starts ago. But uh, she did come back and run pretty well up at Doncaster behind Ash Row Diamond. He's got John Joe O'Neill on board in the uh, second colours of J.P. McManus. We'll talk about Nicky's horses in a moment and the chances that they've got. But what about this mess with a Castle de Mott, who was mentioned in the Zoom media conference by Barry Orr from Betfair, that uh, it's rated 133 in the UK, rated 139 in Ireland. So he's actually £6 better in. He's never run in Europe over here, of course. He's running in France, and he, he won in toy, and he's won uh, elsewhere in France as well. First time for William Mullins. Nicky's face was not a, a picture. I've got to tell you, when Barry told him that, he was, you know, like, how much more help does William Mullins need? What have they done here, Bill? Yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> does look a bit of a weird one, to be honest. But uh, to start with, we're always very quick to crab british racing and small fields and a load of crap and ever and everyone's always quick to kind of pull petrol on the fire but this is a really good race now i know there's people question the quality of it and you know the the you know saying you know the top weight's only 140 and it's not the old betfair hurdle but it's a lot of money it's really competitive it's there's horses balloted out of it, which is always nice. So it's got the full, the full whack of um, the, the whack of runners. Um, I, it's a you know I've I've met loads of people that have strong views on the race, and everyone seems to fancy something different. It's a proper handicap hurdle, and it's it's the feature race of the day. Um, it's going to be running bottomless ground, and you know sometimes we have to say, look, we can serve up some 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 good good races, and this is as good as you get. It's really good, wide open. Um, you make a case out for a dozen and not have one in the frame. So um, we sometimes got to take a step back and actually say that um, things ain't as bad as we always um, paint them out to be. And it's 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 a, it's a proper race. Starting with the Mullins horse, um, he's got three in the race. Um, probably going to have one balloted out if they don't um, pull out Alvani, and then um, only a matter of time will probably get balloted out. But he he saddles a really interesting horse in here, the Castle de Mott, first run from from France. He mentioned 
the handicap market is a bit of a mystery how he can run off a six. He should be, in essence, running off a three or four pounds higher mark than his Irish mark, and he's running off a, a, something six pounds lower, which is bizarre. So he's definitely well handicapped. How good is he? Um, he's won over a mile, uh, two miles and a quarter in, in, back in France at uh, or, or Toy uh, and Compiègne heavy grounds so the ground will be no problem see out the trip really well um <clears throat> just a question of, is he any good now they'll know <laughs> the mullins team will know um because they'll have enough good hurdlers to, to work him with and i imagine he probably is good the form book doesn't tell you much um i had a quick look at the race or toy he won in in the handicap hurdle he won in in june in Autoy. a dreadful Dreadful race. I mean, you can't find it, can't, can't anything behind it that's, that's won since. Um, as in the top bunch, Maxine's Passion, Loire David, Baron Zanzi. I mean, they're all barely beating the ambulance home next time. So that doesn't count for anything. Um, he did it very easily, so he's entitled to do. Um, but that comes with a bit of a pinch of salt. Um, so we've got to go and prove how good he is. And you'll be asked to take a, a pretty skinny price in a really competitive race. Um, Danny Mullins is booked to ride, but Daryl Jacobs is going to come in now that Warwick's off and ride him. And, yeah. and we'll just yeah. we'll just have to see. Look, if he wins and he wins on the bridle, then there'll be a massive stewards inquiry as to why he's running off a six-pound lower mark over here. Um, and there'll be lots of finger pointing to the English handicap saying you messed this one up. Um, and if he's beaten out of sight, no one will mention it. You know, and that's that's the, that's why you, that's why you don't want to be a handicapper. Um, but we'll just have to we'll just have to see on that that front. Um, I previewed this race earlier in the week, and <laughs> I know my my shortlist had about fourteen on it, which made it really hard because you can make a strong case out. A Berico Lord, you know, he was a proper. He, you know, I really fancied him at Ascot, and he bombed out because what the eyes told you in the great wood is that you've got a horse that's probably a graded horse. <laughs> the eyes told you, ask it, he looked look no good, but he's back. He's 13 to two. He's probably going to run well. Um, you've got look away. Neil King, well placed in good form. Tell her, um, tell her the name. Very interesting horse from Ben Paulding. Spirit Danu handles terrible ground for Gary Moore. Brentford Hope. You know, here's a horse that will love heavy ground and travel really well into the race. So <laughs> there's so many you can make strong, strong cases out for. Uh, it's really, really hard. But I went for two. I went for Alta Belly um, for Harry Fry. Um, that was a horse you remember I put up at Ascot. Um, made a mistake. Ground was probably too quick. <laughs> Runs here off the same mark. Um, I just thought he was... Off a nice mark, wants the the the, the worst ground. Um, there was just bits to like about him. I thought I thought eight to one is is a fair price. You know, Hills and like are offering seven places now, so seven to eight to one, seven places. I thought was very fair out of belly. Um, and the other horse I went for was Origny Mill, the Victor Dartner horse, who handles really bad ground. Is on a hat trick. Uh, one at Kempton on heavy ground back in December uh, by five and a half lengths and then went to Kempton over Christmas off a mark of one, two, three and bolted up by seven and a bit lengths, beat Tapley. Um, it's had a nine pound hike in the rates uh, for that. Um, but, you know, to be honest, he, he, he would have won with that added weight at Kempton that day. And if he was trained by anyone else, if he was trained, this also trained by Nicky Henderson or Paul Nichols. 
he wouldn't be 14 to 1 he'd be 92 favorite and that's the logic he, he's he gets in here he's progressive he's definitely close to a 140 plus horse and he's running in here of 132 he's 14 to 1 <laughs> will handle the ground um you know there's horses here that will handle the ground but are, are the wrong side of the handicapper still you know potentially like spirit danu i really like him he'll handle the background um but he's taking another hike in the weights um you know the other one is brentford hope but he's highish in the weights too you know but i just i i just think this horse will run really really well a rigney mill um so those were the two i went for um <coughs> outer belly at eights a rigney mill at 14s and Look, anything can win. You mentioned under control. Load of Sue's interesting, the skeleton horse. Um, you know, he had ulcers that stopped him from winning at Cheltenham, and that was also fancy that day. He, he, he could easily bounce back, but I had to go for two, and I'll stick with those two, Outer Belly and Origny Mill. It's a really good race, and uh, it's um, it's it should be something to look forward to. So this weekend, we have an extra day lying, although not much of a lying in the end, because on Monday is the meeting in Hong Kong this weekend at Shartin Racecourse, but it starts at 4.30 in the morning on Sky Sports Racing. Got 11 race card, and our Hong Kong expert, Wally Pyra, joins us. Wally, an extra day, but it's a good reason. It's the Chinese New Year, so they've moved it for us, haven't they? Well, yeah, that's what happens. It's the um, the Chinese New Year Festival. What is it? It's uh, four days. It starts tomorrow, the um, the New Year Festival, and um, but this is the big day of the year for Hong Kong racing. Um, you know, you can forget about the uh, international meeting in December. You can forget about the Champions Day. Um, in April, even even the Hong Kong Derby, as to to me anyway, it, despite what you might read, to me, it's this is the day where all the um, the local in racing enthusiasts, the um, the betters, they all pour down into um, Hong Kong because the Chinese New Year Day is this is the lucky day. I mean, if you can if you win money on the Chinese New Year Day at Charting, then it sets you up nicely for the year. That's how they look. And they find they find they sell they sell the lucky key rings, the caps, the cups, the t-shirts, everything. Anything that will relate to being lucky. It's the what is it? It's the uh, New Year of the Dragon. So that's a great one. So all in all, it's a great day, but you know, people need to start off with a bang and have plenty of Hong Kong dollars in their pockets when they leave the race meeting. You're right, it's an 11-race uh, card. The feature race is the Chinese New Year Cup. It's a handicap Class 1 contest worth £370,000, but a disappointing, a disappointing race in the fact that there's only six runners in the race. You know... Um, You've got the PN, who's still 15 winners clear at the halfway stage, just over the halfway stage in the jockeys, uh, sorry, the trainers' championship. He saddles three, three of the six. But, you know, 
all eyes will be on his horse, Mugeng. He's a winner of three of his four starts. He's racing off bottom weight. And really and truly, it will be a, a pretty major surprise if he gets beat in this race. I mean, his opposition includes the likes of Courier Wonder, Duke Wise, Super Wealthy. We've heard of them year after year. They're all better over six furlong trips, and this is seven furlongs. You've got Red Lion that was progressive last year from the John Size Yard, but done very little. It's been bitterly disappointing this season. And then you've got a horse called Running Glory, who's much better over further, over a mile plus. And, and that left John Size's yard, couldn't do any more, when it's gone to David Hayes. And David Hayes is doing very well at present. It's good to see him because he had a bad time last year. But, as I say, it's going to be disappointed if Mugen doesn't win. The only slight concern that I would look from a, from a form book um, thing is that we are not quite sure how this race is going to be run with only six runners um, the pace is going to be slow. Is it going to be muddling? Is Purton going to make the running on uh, Red Lion and, you know, quicken it up, slow it up? So that's the only doubt. But if it's if it was run truly, a truly run contest, he would win. But that's the slight concern. But he'll be pretty short. Now, let's have a look. The supporting card is, well, it's full of, I've got to say, it's full of head scratching and fiendishly difficult handicaps notably you've got the red packet handicap people wonder why the red packet i'll just put this in an aside that in hong kong i used to love this where on the on the race day everybody will come round handing out red packets that have got money in and the idea is it's lucky money so if anybody gives you a 20 dollar bill which is about two dollar um two pounds in hong kong that is meant to be lucky money you put it on a horse and it's supposedly meant to win that's that's how it works um anyway let's get back to the racing so it's over a mile it's got the likes of the top weight sweet encounter with Purton and john size partnership one last time out then there's the most interesting horses, especially for UK race goers and watchers, is a horse called Unbelievable. Now, this horse only arrived in Hong Kong at the beginning of the season, I mean, September. He, of course, was called Bertinelli, trained by Aidan O'Brien, won the London Gold Cup at Newbury, was third in that King George, the fifth handicap at Royal Ass. Ascot, he's got the most brilliant um, uh, pedigree. I mean, he's a son of Justify. Uh, I mean, he's, uh, Dan was a uh, um, well tied up with uh, um, very good uh, breeding. He's been aimed at the Derby. He's not 100%, Frankie Law says, and, and you can see that with his trials in the lead up to this race. But I would think that he's got to do something pretty good in this race um, if he's going to run in the Hong Kong derby. He's got to show some encouragement in this contest. So he's worth watching out for. Now, also, you've got in the field California Voce from the Cruise Stable was unlucky at Happy Valley last start. Still, he's got an outside draw. You've got a horse called the Air who keeps running well time after time after time. He's run, he's run over seven furlongs. 
He's bred to get a mile. He's sure to get close. Then you've got a horse at the bottom, well, near the bottom of the handicap. Holy Lake. He's in class four. Always been running in class four handicaps, but shows a great attitude. You could see him running a big race. And dare I say, at the bottom of the handicap, there's a horse called Zoom Boom. Now, he's trained by Douglas White. Douglas's horses are not running well at the moment, but you know that it'll change shortly. It's ridden by Angus Chung, who's only ridden his horse once and won on him, and that's the lone success for Zoom Boom. But last time out, he was an eye-catcher in the respect that he never got a run um, in that race. It was much better than that form. If you're looking for a bit of an outsider, Zoom Boom would be the interesting one. Then you've got 9.15, you've got this features, another PN Galloper called Galaxy Patch. He's unbeaten in four races over the uh, course and distance. Got Teaton on him again. Against him in opposition, you've got the smart but unlucky sprinter Flying Ace with Purton on it. Invincible Sage going up in trip again. How deep is your love? Well, never showed last uh, last Saturday over um, last Sunday over the over the mile and the Hong Kong Classic mile, and then you've got the bottom weight, Lucky Encounter. He's got a big chance with a low draw in his favour this time. He's got he's got he's got to find a few pounds to get up with uh, Galaxy Patch. Got Zini riding him. And he's riding winners left, right and centre at the moment, that scene. Well, he's been riding winners left, right and centre all season. He's got 27 so far. He's in the top four of the Jockeys' Championship. So he's riding high and, uh, and high and good. And he rode a winner last week. I, I was pleased. I can't remember the name of it now. But he rode, um, what was it called? Nimbus, Nim Nimble Nimbus. That was it, mm -hmm. um, which was a good winner last uh, Sunday. So all in all... Galaxy patch will be short, I imagine, but it's a pretty open contest. And finally, I've got to say, finally, if you find the winner of what they call what the lucky last, the seven furlong handicap of nine fifty, you can certainly give yourself a pat on the back. Back, <laughs> you got Storm Rider David Hayes, very progressive. <clears throat> Hayes has put um, young. Alfie Chan on this horse. Poor old Alfie has ridden very few winners, doesn't get many chances. He did ride a winner at the Valley on Wednesday on Sugar Sugar. So it's great to see him being put on this horse. Hasn't got a great draw, 10, but he's a progressive three-year-old and he looked good when he was winning last start. So providing everything goes well, he's probably the first choice. But against him, you've got Simba, who showed a lot of promise from an unfortunate draw last time out. Looks like he's coming to form. One of my favourite horses, personally, Karma, who's on a retrieving mission after he was a reckoned to certainty when he got disappointed over Christmas. And then you've got some eye-catching lightweights like Run Run Cool, Superb Kid, Giddy Up and Magnificent Nine. Now it's interesting that Purton rides this for John Size. I I was I was sure he would ride Storm Rider, but does he has he changed the idea of riding this horse Magnificent Nine because he thinks the Storm Rider's up to his mark in a handicap? 
Or did David Hayes say, no, I want to take a few pounds off it by putting Alfie Chan on it? Um, he's sure to run well with the step up in distance in his favour. And before we close, I, I've just got to give just give a word to it. It's a big day for the 27-year-old young jockey, Ben Thompson. He makes his debut in Hong Kong. He's got a, sh a short-term contract in the Territory. He's ridden over 800 winners in Australia, Singapore, New Zealand and the UAE. He's got four rides on Monday. So it's good luck to him. That's all I can say. Yeah, good luck to him. And as they say in Hong Kong, Kung Hei Fat Choi. Kung Hei Fat Choi, you're right. Yes, you're right. As I said, with, you know, there's going to be, Chris, there's going to be at least 80,000 people there on Monday. Wow. I hope, well, the Hong Kong Jockey Club will be open. There'll be 80,000. <laughs> I do remember a few years back when I was working in Hong Kong, I was actually there where there was 105,000 people. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful atmosphere. But as I say, when people leave the racetrack on Monday evening in Hong Kong time, they will certainly be hoping they've got a, they've got a few more dollars in their pocket than when they started. So we wish all of our fans for Hong Kong Racing a happy new year coming up this weekend. And enjoy the meeting which takes place on Monday morning live on Sky Sports Racing this weekend. Well, that's all from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action. So please make sure that you join us then. And don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. We'll speak to you again next week. Bye for now.